On this episode of Tell Me What You Know, we're shamrocking and rolling right into everyone's favorite March holiday, St. Paddy's Day. Get your green clothes out and find your pot of gold. Learn about traditions and celebrations as we continue to foster negative stereotypes. And then, where there's smoke, there's fire. And hopefully a firefighter. From urban to rural, we're talking firefighters. These brave men and women do everything they can to prevent, reduce, and extinguish destructive fires that can threaten our homes and environment. I've always wondered if those planes that dump water are actually effective. And we'll find out, because this is Tell Me What You Know. What is going on, everybody? Today is Tuesday, March 3rd. This is episode 45 of Tell Me What You Know. 45. 45. President Trump. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, 45. tradition of trying to... Not be political? No, trying to <laughs> relate the number of the episode to something else out there. To that something. Makes no sense at all. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, not too much. Yeah. It's kind of been a weird day. It was like kind of dreary and now clear skies. Clear skies. Yeah. It's supposed to get more thunderstorms this afternoon, though. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, well. It's kind of nice out. 60 degrees. The early feelings of spring. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Or a light jacket today. Yeah, it's quite nice. I just wore a heavy button down. <laughs> <laughs> My mountain mountain man Patagonia. This is off to a hot start. Oh, yeah. Excellent stuff. Um, you got anything so we should get into it? Yeah. Let's just jump right into Let's it. Let's go into it. Cut Let's be down and dirty today. Down right. and dirty. Well, you know, I have, uh, I'm, I'm big on talking about holidays on this show. Yes, you are. We got one coming up. Uh-huh. Michael, tell me what you know about St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I don't know much about St. Patrick's Day, uh, other than the ones I've attended okay. and pretty we much talk forgotten. That. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. uh, yeah, a lot of drinking. It's yes. Irish. Yes. Um, as I say that, I'm like, it's Irish. Yes. That's correct. That's correct. Um, St. Patrick's Day. I've gone to a fun one in Chicago. You did? They dye the uh, the river green. Yes. It's very fun. Very festive. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I don't know too much about what the celebration is. Um, yeah, tell me more about it. Well, kind of hitting on that, there's, I didn't realize there's two main families that kind of started the tradition in Chicago, the Rowans and the Butlers. Oh. And only they are allowed to on the six-man boat or whatever that does like puts the dye in the river you have to be like a direct descendant of these people it's kind of like the capulets and the montagues except for they like each other i think <laughs> <laughs> i assume they like each other festive uh it's not like two separate boats that they i believe so shoot yeah. guns at some each kind other of orange then. powder that's some you know uh secret recipe that keeps the river green for much longer five hours oh yeah i don't know how much of that stuff they dump in there to turn that whole river green but it turns really green it does. Well, St. Patrick's Day, also known as the Feast of St. Patrick, held March 17th each year. Uh, they say it's the day that St. Patrick died, March 17th in AD 461. He was born in 83, 85, 76 years old. That's pretty old for those times, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's the foremost patron saint of Ireland. Patron saint, obviously, is regarded as the heavenly advocate of a nation. And this was St. Patrick for Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically the day commemorates his arrival, uh, or sorry, the arrival of Christianity to Ireland. It also celebrates the heritage and culture of the Irish. Now, um, there's celebrations with parades and festivals, like you mentioned, Chicago and all that kind of stuff. Some, for some people it is a, a religious holiday as well, I guess. So they, they go to church. So I don't know if it's a religious holiday, but they have church services and that kind of thing. Right. And it falls kind of smack dab right in the middle of Lent. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so historically, these restrictions from Lent are put on hold for a day. But naturally, this kind of furthered the Irish tradition, <laughs> Irish stereotype of alcohol consumption and yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff as well. So it's really just a celebration of somebody's Irish heritage, but it could also be a religious aspect as well. Yeah. Yes, I guess so. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's actually a public holiday in Ireland, Northern Ireland, and rarely, or strangely enough, Newfoundland and Labrador. I hmm. guess for provincial government employees, they have the day off there. Hmm. I didn't realize there was a big Irish contingency in, in Newfoundland and Labrador. I think it makes sense. They head over here and they just didn't get that far. That'd be like everybody, that'd be like uh, the governor of Massachusetts taking a day off, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a ton of Irish Americans in Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Uh, it's celebrated widely, however, in the UK, Canada, USA. Brazil, Argentina, Australia, and New Zealand. Hmm. So these are, I guess, mostly countries with with especially high numbers of Irish Americans, or Irish immigrants, rather. Not Irish Americans, but Irish immigrants. Irish immigrants. Yeah. yeah. Celebration um, of being Irish. Yeah. It's okay. celebrated more than any other national like holiday in the world. Really? Yes. So You mean around the world, right? Or do you mean... I mean, St. Patrick's Day as a national holiday, so not like a Christmas or something like that, or like right. a, I guess a New Year's wouldn't be the same kind of thing. But don't you think there'd, be, there'd just be more people celebrating the 4th of July just due to like, being more po- population size? I don't know. That's not what I read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, um, I mean, I don't know that people really celebrate 4th of July outside of the United States, really. That's what I mean. So but the but 300 million Americans celebrating. That, yeah. I'm just... Maybe it's... Uh, I guess not. No, because you have tons of Australians, you have tons of Brits, you have tons of Americans. Well, all the Americans celebrate St. Patrick's Day as well. So yeah, it's that yeah. plus everybody else. Right? Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. We're not discriminating against uh, St. Patrick's Day. It's that's a day right. to drink, and we <laughs> do not discriminate against that. That's right. Uh, a lot of the celebrations have, of course, been influenced by those of the Irish diaspora, especially those that developed in North America. That's where a lot of the, the, the traditions and celebrations come from. So because of this, as we mentioned, lots of criticism that has become too commercialized and it's helped foster the negative stereotypes and blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Probably true. Probably true. Yes. But I think they like it too. It's one of those things like, yeah, we don't even really celebrate Cinco de Mayo in Mexico. You guys just drink a ton of tequila and like, <laughs> put on questionably racist sombreros and stuff like that. <laughs> that kind of thing. Is that true that they don't they don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo? Not like we do. Not like we do? Yeah. It's like the celebration of the Battle of Pueblo or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like a small celebration, whereas we're like, oh, yeah, let's go eat at Mi Pueblo and put on... Right drink tons of tequila yeah so we've kind of adopted that with saint patrick's day as well. we've like americanized it <clears throat> big time yeah who was saint patrick well he was born to a, a wealthy romano british family so he's born in, in i guess the roman empire britain at mm-hmm. the time right mm-hmm. uh his dad was a deacon his grandfather was a priest as well i believe he was mostly atheist growing up from what i understand hmm. when he was 16 he was kidnapped by irish raiders and taken to the gaelic island so it was like, then it was still kind of pagan, uh, druids and all that kind of stuff, right? And he had to, he spent years, I guess, six years in slavery. Uh, so he was a shepherd. And while he was, like during this time, he found God. And God told him to go to the coast to find a ship that was waiting for him to take him home. Okay. He did. And after making it home, he became a priest. So there was a ship there. I, I said, yeah. <laughs> there was a ship waiting for him. Okay. Yeah. God didn't lie. Um yeah, so he, he, he made it back home. He became a priest, and he said, I'm going to return to Ireland and convert everybody to Christianity. Uh, so you, maybe you've heard the, this, I don't know if it's like, like the, the tale that 
St. Patrick drove the snakes out of Ireland? No. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, some people, when you ask them, like, what's what's St. Patrick's Day all about? They're like, oh, it's the day that St. Patrick drove the snakes out of Ireland. Okay. Well, snakes don't inhabit Ireland. This is more of an allegory for him converting tons of people there, right? Right, right. Got it. Yeah. Uh, I think it was especially, at, at, like, towards the Druids, he kind of converted thousands of people to Christianity. Uh-huh. And that was more of just, like, a, a metaphor, I guess you right. could say. Yeah, right? that makes sense. Get rid of all the, the, the sin and the... <laughs> Paganism. Yeah. yeah, the paganism. <laughs> right. It was a crusade, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what are the celebrations and traditions? Um, it, go ahead. Quick question. Yeah. Do you know if he was like, if, if this was a peaceful uh, driving out of, of snakes? <laughs> he <laughs> or, seemed pretty or, peaceful. Or I don't think he was like, like a, killing uh, people or anything. Okay. Um, he's So he's kind of coming at it from a, not a, maybe a pacifist type. Yeah. Like a lot say, of... Hey, Check out this Jesus guy. Yeah, a lot of the imagery of St. Patrick is that he did everything with just this wooden staff and everything like that. So oh, okay. maybe he had powers. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> like, like a, a mage uh, or something. A yeah, Gandalf. A Gandalf staff? <laughs> right, okay. exactly. Um, and he lived pretty old. So 76. Kind of, kind of Gandalf-esque. Unless my math is just completely wrong there. <laughs> 76 years old. Oh, you, you subtracted? Yeah, I did it on a calculator. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you get the A, D, B, C stuff going on. It was, it was yeah, all A, D, true. though. So you just subtract the two numbers. And yeah, you can, there you go. All right, 76 years old. Yeah. Old dude for those times. Mm-hmm. Well, um, did you account for the leap decade that they did? I don't know. Uh, Maybe it was only 56. No, because he would have been through 400. It was, okay, fine. He was uh, <laughs> 70, 75 and 365 days old. They didn't do a leap year. They would have, though, because it was year 400. Ah, yeah. There you go. The more you know. <laughs> um, celebrations and traditions. Up until the late 20th century, St. Patrick's Day was more widely celebrated outside of Ireland than within. Okay. Uh, so, which makes sense. I'm, yeah, every day St. Patrick's Day there. <laughs> You're always celebrating <laughs> That's right, it. exactly. They, uh, but it was from most of the, you know, there's a big time Irish diaspora. Tons of I- Irish people don't, like, large percentages do not live in Ireland. Mm-hmm. They're all over the place. A lot of them in America. The first St. Patrick's Day parade dates all the way back to 1737, from what I saw, in Boston. Hmm. Uh, and Pretty then that was followed in 1762 in New York, and those two are kind of the two biggest... St. Patrick's Day parades. Uh, there's like f- hundreds of thousands of people marching in the streets. They don't allow cars or floats or anything, I, I guess, these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just kind of a march. That's nice. You mentioned Chicago. They've been dying their river since 1962, the Rowan and Butler family. Um, the, the, the color green, obviously, is big. I didn't realize that up for, for a while, like the, the, the color that first St. Patrick was blue. And then the United Irishmen who staged a rebellion against the Brits, they took on the green color, and, the, and then this, there's a whole shamrock thing, and right, the green right. just kind of took over as, uh, as, the, as the color for St. Patrick's Day. It's a, it's a color I associate with Ireland for the most part as well, that yeah. and orange. Yeah, just yeah. the flag, I From guess, the flag. Right? Well, and just in the luck, luck of the Irish, that green. Yeah, the, leprechauns. Yeah, the, the leprechaun, the shamrock, as you were saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the shamrock, they say that, uh, that St. Patrick used it uh, as a symbol for the Holy Trinity, uh, apparently that's not really like uh confirmed anywhere just kind of makes sense like oh, a little three three, three. leaf thing yeah holy trinity mm-hmm. but they do have a tradition called drowning the shamrock which is at the end of the celebrations you put a shamrock in the bottom of your glass you fill it with either irish whiskey or beer or cider and then you drink it down you either swallow the shamrock or you take it out and throw it over your shoulder and that's for luck oh yeah that's very nice what kind of beer do they drink there guinness a lot of guinness so this is from this article that I read is a few years old, but on a, this said on, you know, on a typical day, Americans drink about 600,000 pints of Guinness. On St. Patrick's Day, 
about three million pints are downed. Wow. Yeah. So a lot more. Yeah. Do you know how to do the 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 technique of the perfect pour for a Guinness, Michael? Um, I think. Have I've you t- been to Ireland? I have not. I haven't either. Uh, I want to go play golf there, obviously. Yeah. But uh, it's probably like real slow. You don't want a big head on it. Or maybe it's like there's always like a wait time. Yeah, there's a wait time. And then time. I just know, isn't, and then isn't there some amount of uh, like gulps you're supposed to drink it in? It's like three oh, gulps. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. You're supposed to be big gulps. Well, this is a little easy. You, you tilt the glass at a 45 degree <laughs> angle. You pour it until it's about three quarters full. You let it settle. Settle. And then you finish filling the glass to the top. Okay. So I was somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Three quarters, let it settle, finish it off. 45 degree angle. 45 degree angle. Got to be in that Guinness glass. Got to be in that Guinness glass. Yeah, got it. Yep. Easy stuff. Mm -hmm. I had a Guinness last weekend. It's pretty good. Guinness is delicious. Yeah. It's actually one of the healthiest beers you can drink. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Uh, I think it's like some of the lowest calorie beers. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it fills you up as well. And it's delicious. Yeah. Uh, We talked about leprechauns a little bit. A little background on leprechauns. The first recorded mention of leprechaun goes back all the way to the 8th century. Uh, It comes from the word, this is going to be perfect pronunciation, Lutrapan, okay, meaning little body, and it describes some spirits, uh, like water spirits and stuff like that, right? So another possible origin for this is from an Irish god uh, who's Welsh. So the the name is uh, it's L U G H. I don't know if that's Lug or I'm sure there's some how to pronounce it in, in Gaelic or whatever, or with Irish language. Um, so that's another possible origin there. And then finally, there's also an Irish fairy called Cluricon who was a cunning spirit who haunts cellars, drinks, smokes, and plays tricks. <laughs> That's kind of what I think of when I think of a leprechaun, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're kind of a conniving little guy. You've, you've seen all the leprechaun movies? No. you seen any of them? I don't think so. I think part two was called like Leprechaun in the Hood or something like that. Uh, oh, it's amazing. Are there some like horror movie leprechaun movies? That's what we're talking That's about. That's what we're talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. The so, leprechaun murders people and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I haven't, I haven't seen them. They're, they're so bad, they're good type stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, don't you find it kind of odd that uh, they're celebrating a Christian, uh, you know. St. Patrick? Yeah. Yeah. But. Apostle. Not really an apostle, but, you know, a, uh, a follower. Sure. And then, but they throw in all this, you know. Yeah, and I'm not sure that leprechauns, I think they're probably just like adopted the fun, from. The fun Right. Little stuff nobody believes That's, in, but it's kind of like fun. It's it's a good lore. Right. And those don't come from the Christian aspect. They don't, probably don't have anything to do with St. Patrick or St. Patrick's Day, but they all get grouped in together. Right. But but that's what I mean. We're celebrating all of, um, you know, being Irish. Yeah. Irish culture. Right. Mixing in with the Christianity. The, right. Yeah. I would say it's mostly a secular holiday at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, hey, we do, a, people do a lot of things that are kind of wrapped in religion, but not. Right. But not really. Uh, the, the main food dish, and this is mostly an Irish American tradition, the corned beef and cabbage. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, more Irish American than an Irish tradition. It was basically, I think, cause you know, the Irish Americans when they were here were, were fairly poor and corned beef was like the most inexpensive meat you could buy at the time. Hmm. And they said that cabbage, well, it's a spring vegetable and it's inexpensive as well. <laughs> Let's put them together. It's really good. Irish food can be very good. Oh yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, We'll get into some Irish music to, to end it, but I also wanted to talk about uh, an award I won when I was living in Argentina at a bar for expats down there called the Irish Man of the Year. Okay. It was held on St. Patrick's Day. It was essentially uh, like a beer Olympics type thing. Uh-huh. And myself and three other people took the prize home. 
one like eight bottles of Jameson. Were was were Sam and I down? You there were there, and we didn't make it to this. That was the Sunday, and you were like, I have to go ready. because I'm the reigning champion. No, um, oh, did I play? Did I go twice? No, I think <laughs> I think I, I that was the first time. I had to go because I was part of the team. Okay, I didn't want to let my team down. You didn't want to let the team down, and then you went and you won. And then I went and I won. Got it. Correct. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was a seasoned veteran of living in Argentina, and you guys had been there for a week, and we're dead. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> we went to Uruguay. We went, all, we went all over. I was tired. That's right. Plus, I had traveled. You had traveled. You had traveled. Yeah, the jet lag of the two-hour time change. <laughs> It'll get you. Well, you know, nine-hour flight. That's right. I didn't sleep on that flight. That's true. Um, that flight was like eight days before this. That's true. <laughs> was, um, is it always on the same Saturday? Or like that, that, the, it's always on the 17th. Always on the so 17th. The, but the party, but the party yeah. always goes on the, on the Saturday. Or Got just it. whenever makes sense, right? Right. I'm sure they'll have something on the 17th as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I just got a few few quick songs to play. I'll just play parts of them. These Drop, are just Dropkick Murphys? No, these are more <laughs> classic songs. I think you'll know this first one. This is called Danny Boy. Oh, yeah. It's a rendition by the, the Celtic women. Yeah. It's beautiful. Very sad song. They seem pretty happy here singing it. Well, it sounds sad. Just wait till we get to, till we get to the harmony. Until it yeah, and we'll, picks up. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if any, any of my Irish friends heard me give this... <laughs> Topic, it's like you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> it's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Good harmony. All right, we'll jump to another one. <laughs> Pick it up a little bit. This is called the Irish Rover. It's about the Dubliners. Irish accent is a very interesting accent. I love it. I don't know if I'd go that far. I love it's, it. It's fun. I love when they say like uh, the number three, they got the tree. Tree. <laughs> <laughs> so that's part of the Irish Rover there. And then finally, I don't know if this is actually a St. Patrick's Day song, but I have a memory of uh, some Irish people showing up to a bar already hammered and just belting this song out. So we'll play a little part of this one as well. It's called The Wild Rover. Better, better order for the singers here. Thank you. I've been a wild rover for many a year. And I've spent all my money on whiskey and beer. But now I'm returning with golden great store. And I swear I will play the wild rover no more. And it's no may never, no may never no more will I play the wild rover 
Good drinking songs. Yes. That's what it's all about. There's, these are like sing-along songs, I yeah. feel like, at the bar, right? Yeah. No, they get everybody involved. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah. Usually just talking about drinking. Right. So that's a little crash course on, the, on St. Patrick's Day. So go St. get Patrick's some green Day. beer. Wear some greens. You don't get pinched. Put a shamrock on your lapel or something. I want to do the drink where I get good luck. Yeah. You got to find some shamrocks. Yeah. Or just you know find, cut some paper out and throw it over my shoulder. There you go. <laughs> you get some uh, shamrock glitter or something. Yeah. Perfect. Something. Easy. Well, uh, you always talk about holidays. I do. And I always talk about natural disasters. Excellent. So, Michael, tell me what you know about firefighting. Firefighting is not a natural disaster. Well, you know, it's kind of in that vein. Firefighting. <clears throat> um, I mean... Big Where do hoses. you begin? Yeah. <laughs> There's a fire. You got to fight it. Big hoses, a lot of water. Gotta sometimes these, you got to put these uh, fires out. Sometimes you got to use other things other than water, like some like a, an extinguisher that mm-hmm. has some kind of like powder or dust in there, I guess. Some CO2. Kinda, some CO2. Yeah. 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 Got to pressurize it somehow, right? Yeah. Uh, f- so I think of like fire trucks. And I think of uh, firefighters. And then I think of. Uh, uh, Vincent Chase and his movie uh, was it Smoke Jumpers? Smoke Jumpers, or was that feel, the, or was that the actual movie? Uh, what was no, the movie? I think he it was Smoke Jumpers. Okay, I'm pretty sure there was a recent movie that came out that wasn't like yeah. Who was who, who was, was it? Miles that? Teller, or like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, or something? Um, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Uh, or who's the guy? Uh, I'm forgetting his name right now. The actor. Anyways, I th- yeah, I think there was a recent fire movie. Hey, everyone did want of all the Entourage movies. They really wanted smoke jumpers to be made. It did look pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Only the brave could be. Is that the movie with uh, the guy from the Goonies? The <laughs> it was Miles Teller, Josh Brolin, Miles Josh Teller, Brolin, Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Josh Brolin would be happy to know. Yeah, he's the guy from the Goonies. Is that your reference? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin, young Josh Brolin. Yes. Um, yeah, so let's just talk about the jobs of a firefighter. All right. Uh, preventing fires by providing regular inspections. Huh? Yeah. Uh, responding to emergency cases. Yes. Right? So, I mean, these are actually, you know, a lot of their job is just prevention. Right. Right? So it's not just, don't just call me when a fire's going on. Uh-huh. I'm out there doing stuff to help you make sure there aren't any fires. It's a fire violation. Fire code. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's fire hazard. Yeah. Uh, reducing fire damage with the help of equipment. So, like, obviously, fire's going, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, you might spray some retardant stuff on it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> your job is also to keep the station clean. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a taxpayer dollars going to the station. You better be paid to keep, keep, it, keep it clean. That was not... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, feed the Dalmatian. That's yeah. I didn't go into the Dalmatian here. Damn. Why do they have Dalmatians? Good. It's always a Dalmatian. I don't know. Or is that just something that we saw in like children's books growing up? I don't know. And I, I didn't actually look into the that. Firehouse I've dog. heard Dalmatians don't actually have good temperaments. Yeah. But maybe you got to be really good friends with them. That's just what I've heard. Yeah. Maybe they have great temperaments. Okay. Anyways, I didn't go into the Dalmatians in this. Hmm. Um, we got a firefighter on the show to talk about it. Yeah. Love to meet a Dalmatian. You ever met a Dalmatian? There's I've a whole movie them. about it. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's 101 of them. At least 101. Um, what else do they do? Participate in public education activities. So telling everybody how to not have fires. Uh, they acquire more professional knowledge and skills. Like so, they might go to, uh, you know, learn uh, like go to be an EMT. Yeah, some of this, more of that side of things, keeping people safe. 
<laughs> having a heart just attack. Wondering what what website you went to to find this information? Your <laughs> copy paste. I think it was like a training, a recruit training website. <laughs> what do they do? These are the things you can uh, expect you'll do. Uh, right. Updating records for incoming service calls. So yeah, just doing some pushing some paper. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. get so many emails now about trying to recruit you to be a firefighter. A That's right. Oh, I would. Oh, I think I'd be a good firefighter. Uh, and following safety working policies and reporting needed changes or unsafe activities and conditions. Yeah, so that sounds pretty all-encompassing. Those are the eight things on this website. The eight tenets. If you're interested mean. in becoming a firefighter, I suggest you, uh, if any of these interest you, yeah, well, you go down to your local. Hopefully all eight interest you before you jump in there. Uh, you know, I think every job is going to have something you don't want to do. Okay. Maybe you're just into the, uh, you know, I really, I like preventing fires. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like, really like extinguishing them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Probably not the job for Probably you. Probably not the job for you. Maybe <laughs> maybe you got to enjoy extinguishing. Um, but yeah, so it really boils down to two types of firefighters. Okay. You've got urban firefighters. Yes. These are people that we see all the time. These are the, the typical aspect of the things you pointed out. The guys mm-hmm. with the hoses, riding on the fire trucks. Saving cats out of trees. Getting cats. All that good stuff. Which shouldn't be in trees to begin with. Exactly. They should be indoors. Because you know why they're up there. They're going after those birds. <laughs> We've got to stop talking about this. <laughs> uh, and then you've got forest or wildland firefighters. Yeah. Wildland firefighters. So urban firefighters, they usually have 24-hour shifts followed by a 48 hours off. So that's what their typical shift okay. is. If that's ever interested you. So you you kind of live down at the station for that time. Yeah. Uh, and your 24-hour call, call comes in, you got to go out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they do fire prevention, rescue, medical, and extinguishing and control. Mm-hmm. Wildland is a little bit more of a specialized job, as I'm kind of, as I found out. Yeah, you have to go to a specific school. Not, they call in more people when fire when wildfires break out. Right, but they do a lot more fire prevention stuff. Right, right. So they look at overgrown places in the uh, topography, in the environment, and they might do controlled burns. Mm-hmm. Right, so they put down a line of burnt out uh trees yeah so that they can control like oh if a fire comes this way it's going to move up this way won't jump over this cliff and then go down the other side and spread out of control so they need to do that kind of stuff obviously that's a really tough job and i think a lot more of the prevention stuff would come into uh you know making sure people put out fires they don't throw their cigarette buds and stuff and as things heat up and and the summer and dry out and dry everything dries out summer goes long uh, you're going to see a lot more fires. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've seen a lot of fires from Brazil, Australia, California. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing them more and more. And they're pretty scary. Yeah. So a little bit more about wildfires. Um, fires can move at about seven miles an hour in forests. 6.7 okay. miles per hour to be, to be exact. And grassland fires can move at 14 miles an hour. Yeah. So that's like a full sprint. That's, that's pretty fast. Yeah. That's, I mean, they can move up on, on firefighters very, really quickly. Right. And like the gusts of winds, I think, can push it way faster than that. Sure. But that's like what their average movement can be. Um, wildland firefighters don't usually go on like search and rescue missions the way you might think of a firefighter uh, in an urban environment doing. Mm. There's more of the forest rangers. Okay. So the forest rangers might go find a hiker or do something like that. Sure. Not the firefighters. Just to be now that we're just clear. so you know, okay. Don't expect a firefighter to the come firefighters. get you. Okay, gotcha. if you get lost in the woods. Okay, they're they're out there. Maybe you might find one doing a controlled burn. But yeah. He's like, "What are you doing out here, hiker? 
<laughs> Call the park rangers. Quite a scenario. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's talk about some of the firefighter gear. Okay. It's called personal protection equipment, and they also call it bunker gear or turnout gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can weigh about 75 pounds in total, and it includes things like the helmet, the hood, pants, the coat, gloves, boots, and the air pack. Mm-hmm. That can all weigh about 45 pounds. And then they add a thermal imaging camera, radio, box light, a set of irons like halogen bar and an axe, and you're up to about 75 pounds. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're like 170 pounds, you add another 75 pounds on yeah. you. Like, yeah, you're, you're, lugging, you're lugging some weight. Yeah. The air masks can only, I think they're rated at about 30 minutes if you're using it. Oh, really? But that's like, I think that's if you're just breathing semi normally. If you're under, like, if you're running around and stuff, yeah. they don't really, they, they say like really 15 minutes. Yeah. You got 15 minutes of air in there. <clears throat> So a house, like a typical house fire, what do you think it burns at? Like how how, how, how many fast? Fahrenheit? Oh, oh Fahrenheit. How degrees? Hot? Yeah. Oh God, I'm gonna sound so stupid. Three thousand degrees. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it it's burns between one thousand and two thousand okay. degrees. But I mean, water boils at two twelve. Correct. So one part of their uh, firefighting equipment is to keep water off of them. Okay. Because you could be running into something or get in, get caught in like boils immediately. It, yeah, it turns to steam and like yeah. immediately burns your skin. This is really kind of spooky stuff, I think. Yeah. Sorry. Dropped a pen. And their suits are fireproof. They're fireproof. They're rated at a, at over a thousand degrees. Okay. But uh, obviously, the longer it takes a thousand degree heat, the more it's going to get closer and closer to burning. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, they they can take pretty high intensity heat. Yeah. Um, and really the most, the most thing, like when I think you always tell you, like, you're not going to die from necessarily like the flames killing you. Like if you're in a house, you're going to yeah, inhale the smoke, pass out and then, yeah. <laughs> Get burnt to a crisp. Um, this is a question I always had. Okay. The effectiveness of aerial firefighting. Like dropping. Yeah. I've always like, cause I've always seen it and I'm like, I don't really think that's doing much. And I, I think this is when. We see that like the general population sees something on TV and then we go, that doesn't work. There's no way that can work, but we're not really understanding what the purpose is. So, so there's actually like Congress and, uh, the federal government, like it costs a lot of money to drop water, right? So if if, sometimes if you drop the red fire retardant, uh, water, you've seen that like a tanker drops that red water. yeah, Yeah. Versus just going to a lake and dropping just water. Uh-huh. So there's two things that they drop: the red fire retardant stuff, uh, and then they call it slush. Yeah, and then they can just drop water. Okay. So the red stuff costs three dollars a gallon, and depending on the plane, it, it can carry up to like usually a typical is about three thousand gallons. Jeez. So each time it's dropping, that's nine grand. Yeah. But you can have like a seven forty seven. They've outfitted those with huge tankers. And those things, I think, have like 20,000 gallons. Mm. And there's a DC-10 that holds about 12,000 gallons. And okay. those are much more used. Yeah. Uh, and so, But what's cool about them is, is that when they drop that fire retardant uh, line of red stuff, slush, they can drop it. It covers a whole mile of line. Okay. So the idea is, is that the plane comes in and it drops this fire retardant and it sort of clears a path yeah. where the firefighters who are <laughs> on the ground can then go into a, like a place that's not burning at you know thousand degrees, yeah, and get in and start working and controlling the fire that way, yeah. So it kind of like builds them a, a lane that they can go down, 
And so it's not really supposed to put out the fire. It's right. supposed to give the guys on the ground support. Gotcha. And that's when you're next time you're watching a firefighter, you're like, yeah, go plane, support those guys on the ground. Don't get all caught up in the fact that he didn't drop it in the right place or something. You don't know what's going on, Michael. Next time will be the first you time. You don't know that do that. what information well, they have. I do have. now. Now we know. Yeah. Now I know. Yeah. Um, obviously, in the, the one little fact about the red slush, it's twice as effective as just dropping water. Mm. So the, some towns and cities kind of play this game where they're like, should we just get the plane that does water? Or should we get the plane that does the red fire retardant stuff? But that's $3 a gallon versus we got this lake about a mile away that we can fly this thing to. We can maybe do more drops. Mm. So the town's kind of got to figure that out. Yeah. Seems like the, <laughs> the better option is the slush. Yeah. I mean, twice as effective. I don't yeah. know. There's also helicopters that do it as well. Right. Um, that I think can be a little They can like really drop it directly on maybe a, a more, tree. More accurate. Tr- more accurate. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about some bad firefights. Let's do it. All right, so I'm going to go way back, and then we're going to go a little bit more forward, and then we're going to jump to a little bit ago. Okay. All right, so there was a great fire of Rome, 64 AD. Yeah. Two-thirds of Rome burned down. Wow. Started in, like, market shops. Uh-huh. Uh, didn't go too, too far into this, because <laughs> it was a lot there. Okay. But, uh, yeah, killed hundreds of people, burned for days big fire days and days and then they thought they'd put it out and then it roared back to life and burned for another three days <laughs> burned two-thirds of the city crazy huh yeah there were two great fires of new york city okay the first one in 1776 yeah and then i thought i wrote this down it was later in 1780 something sure but yeah two fires um then i always hear about they this were one. bad they were bad <laughs> they were bad bad fires well a lot of these fires, like they, once they start, you, you have hundreds of deaths, and these are bad. A lot of people go homeless. Yeah, you know, it creates a lot of homelessness. Uh, but you know, the main aspect of it is, yeah, the fire got started. Doesn't really matter how it got started. I mean, it's more interesting to know how it did, but sure. it started. Yeah, no crying over spilt milk. Fire's already going. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, yeah, so like the Chicago fire, yes, 1871. The there was another fire. The great Chicago fire. There was another one recently, like pretty recent after this one. This one, the, the one that everyone knows about is 1871. Mm-hmm. There was another one about 15 years later, and they were kind of similar. One thing I didn't realize looking into this, there was actually a lot of wind uh, in the region, like in Chicago, Wisconsin. There was like, like three a windy fires. city? Yeah, but <laughs> it was like extra windy okay. at the time. And uh, it was actually there were three fires going on in three different states, mm-hmm. all at the same time. Okay. So it was like sort of just a it was a hotbed of uh, fires. It was a hotbed of fires, but it was yeah just a, a total victim of circumstance based on okay. the weather. All I mean, right. obviously the wind is a big factor in, in controlling these fires. Yeah. So uh, that was started in a uh, they thought it was started in like a, a barn, like a carriage house, and they don't know exactly the how Chicago it was fire. Yeah. Oh really. Uh, and they think it, it could like have been a, a think it could have been a, a a cow that was in this barn. Oh. It's like a little it's like a little sow. This is eighteen seventy, so you kind of got to think yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. about the city, right? Uh, the other thought is that there was a bunch of guys gambling in there, and they knocked over a lantern. Ah. So the cow either knocked over a lantern and started this fire, or these gambling guys. Yeah, uh, I think it was the cow. The cow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, burned a lot of the city down. Yep. Uh, you have other ones like Atlanta burning to the ground. These are also more acts of war. 
That was Sherman, right? He blazed a trail. Yeah. They told people to get out, and then they burned it to the ground. It wasn't just Atlanta, though. It was like... Richmond. Uh, yeah. No, it was States. Bad. Across states. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to fast forward to 2018, one of the worst, most deadly fires in U.S. history, most in 100 years. Uh, campfire in California. Mm. I've seen a lot of really bad fires in California recently, but this was the one where it was an electrical fire caused by uh, down electrical lines. Uh, created $16.5 billion in damage. Hmm. The, there's a picture of it from space that's pretty f- spooky. Yeah. It's just huge amounts of fire. A quarter of the damage, $4 billion, was not insured. And hmm. obviously that targeted people that couldn't afford insurance. And right. It, it was really bad. So fires are, are really bad. <laughs> <laughs> My brain's working well today. <laughs> you need to get some sleep, man. Need to get some sleep. Did you see uh, in the news yesterday? I think it was in Virginia. There was a local meteorologist went to a house. <laughs> a woman had had just a horrible couple of days. Her house burned down, and her like sister or mother sister, I believe, died in like a car crash the same night. And the meteorologist went to her house and they gave her a signed umbrella from the wet, from the station. I think I did see this. It had to be a joke, I thought. Yeah. It was real. Why even do anything? There then? was something about she lost some prized umbrella in the burn. And so they're like, oh, we'll give her one like WTQR umbrella. And the meteorologist signed it. He's like, I never signed one of these before. Like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're a local meteorologist. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> Just stay on the television. You're the weatherman. Yeah. Also, that's your consolation. She lost her house and a sibling. So sad. So I mean, sad. maybe she was happy about it. Who knows? But I'm mean, not the situation, but the, the umbrella. umbrella. The umbrella. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, when you talked about fire, that's what I thought of right there. Hmm. Well, you know, fires, it, it, they're, they're really bad in terms of, I mean, obviously the saying that they're really bad is sort of an obvious statement, but um, I don't think people think about them often in the sense that they could get out of hand and, and they don't, maybe there's not as much appreciativeness of the guys that, that come running when there's a fire. Right. Uh, it's really important. Yeah. I'm going to watch Backdraft now. Great movie. <laughs> Great movie. You watch Backdraft. Kurt Russell. Uh, I wish they had made Smoke Jumpers. I'm looking at Smoke Jumper. I thought that was the, the movie that, that they were trying to get Vinny Chase to sign on to. But it looks like these, there are also these Smoke Jumpers that actually like jump out of airplanes into like mm. burning areas mm. is that a documentary yeah i think so yeah yeah i think i was gonna watch that one it's on netflix looks pretty sweet firefighting's elite is what they call it yeah well that's what i mean they got, I, what i don't really understand though is that those guys land and then what they what do they do how are you gonna put out a huge fire that's that's you should watch the documentary hey. find out i'm sure they're doing it for some reason you gotta think we gotta get them in and start digging ditches and that's right yeah excellent well, great topic. Yeah, firefighting. Excellent. St. Patrick's Day. Enjoy some green beers. Don't put, don't, don't smoke and put your cigarette out and set your bed on fire. So yeah, we're two weeks away right now. Yeah, it's the seventeenth. Seventeenth, correct. Yeah, today's oh yeah the fourth, so a little less than two weeks. Yeah, great. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. As always, we will be back next week with a new episode.